the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. I'm clearly a Generation Xer who hated the baby boomers for what they did to our country as far as acquiring debt and not really setting Generation Xers up for a proper retirement. I blame the boomers on that one. Now, I know we weren't a very motivated generation. We played a lot of video games. Sounds kind of familiar to the millennials, doesn't it? I once wrote advice to other Generation Xers, and every now and then I pull up my notes from 20 years ago, and it's amazing how relevant it all still is. My advice to a Generation Xer at one point in time was avoid social pressures to buy. Maybe a little bit different than millennials. Stereos. There's a lot of materialism in uh, my day and age when I was younger. Car stereos were a thing. People used to steal car stereos. Do they still do that? Or is it just not relative anymore or, or because they've changed the technology? I don't know. Or maybe because stereos have become so cheap or maybe there's no aftermarket for stolen stereos. I don't know. But avoid social pressures to buy stereos, trips, expensive meals, and other adult toys. So I was basically telling Generation Xers, you're not quite an adult yet. Don't buy adult toys. It's kind of insulting to my own self, right? Another piece of advice was be frugal and have fun too. One of my very first girlfriends out of college, um, a little bit during college and then out of college, um, I used to try to like rush Friday night dinners, date, and then a little bit of business time. Um, Dinner, movie, oh, a dinner, movie, and a business time, right? That was like my image of what love was supposed to be. And uh, when you're 20 and you're in college, you can't afford dinners and and movies. Um, And I, I went further in concerts and stuff like that. I should have been saving because when you're 20, your, your body works beautifully. Their body works beautifully. And uh, all you need is corn chips and a, a remote control to watch some Netflix or TV, right? Don't got to go out. You can paint at home. You don't have to paint in a bar. Painting in a bar after hours is a thing now. I know you're saying, really? So you could be frugal and have fun. Um, one thing that I told my Generation X self was to start a plan, start a disciplined plan of savings. And it's so beautiful and so easy now. Back then, you had to like call your bank and you know set up instructions to have it wired out, to wire it into a mutual fund company, and it wasn't all automated like it is now. It is so easy to be a proper investor and proper saver, but that was advice I gave myself. Set up some sort of saving and investing. Minimize debt and interest charges. Oh, man, you know what pisses me off is when you have to pay charges for something that you already bought or, you know, on top of it, fines and fees. That upsets me. Uh, my advice to my Generation X self was don't get a DUI. DUIs cost $10,000. They raise your insurance. Um, and that $10,000 that you're going to do to protect yourself, uh, to keep you out of jail, to keep you know as few points against you as possible, don't drink and drive. Don't do it. Um, but then again, I kind of had conflicting advice, too, because my Generation X self was like, if you're going to go to a bar or you're going to go to Disneyland, buy all your candy before you go in. Buy all your drinks before you go in. Right? It's not that difficult. It's advice for seven-year-old kids. It's advice for 22-year-old men. I always look at people who um, 
in the movie theaters bringing bags of candy from purses and stuff like that. I always go, it's like a bird sanctuary in here. Cheep, 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 cheep. You hear all the birds flap around, right? But I respect that person at the same time. You're like, I'm like, you're, you're ruining your kid's movie experience. It's supposed to be a big tub of popcorn, a big soda that they're going to f- drop on the ground and get it sticky everywhere. And you're, 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 you're smuggling in candy. But I get it. I get it. And I, I wish I can reconcile kind of perception versus reality. I wish I can reconcile kind of, um, what is it, what I'm trying to say here? Social pressures to your Generation X self is when you leave a job, take the 401k with you. Start a 401k at the new job as soon as you can. Start saving 3%, 4%, 5%, 6%, 7%, whatever number you can, up to 15%. Keep in mind, my second piece of advice to myself was be frugal and have fun, too. Um, so if I'm getting you to save 15% of your salary and rent you know, another 30% of your salary, I've just 45% of your money's gone. And then you get 55% when you get the 10% sales tax, uh, income tax in California. Then you're at 65% on anything you buy is 10% in basically in California. So I've just basically squandered your whole paycheck in large part living. That's before cars, it's before insurance, it's before food, right? Um, what else do I have for my... Uh, I once said no credit cards. Now, I, I love credit cards. I love rewards credit cards. I've got like 800,000 Hilton points because I use a Hilton credit card at my Hilton hotels. And I get 17 times my points. So basically, I could stay at a resort in Malaysia or India or anywhere in the world... For about a week now. Not bad. Not bad. And all I did was charge things on my credit card and pay it off every month. Also, I have a flight card. Also, I have a, a cash back on dinners. So I had no credit cards, but I, I'm good with credit cards. Just paid them off monthly now to my millennial self. Um, another thing was that, and this was a kind of a funny thing, and I'm looking back at Generation X versus millennials, the advice that I would give. And I, I could still give this advice to everyone. I could give this back to baby boomers. You old farts. You old poop. Um, what movie was that? Name that movie. Um, 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 auto savings for big purchases. It's kind of funny to look at that word as auto savings. So I want a boat. I shouldn't just go out and spend all my money to buy a boat. I shouldn't say, well, I'm going to take it for my emergency fund. And you know what? I'm going to, I'm not going to go on vacations. I should save a little bit every month for a boat. I don't really want a boat for the record. I was on one of those quizzes. Which would you rather have a boat or it was like a boat or some other luxury item? I was like, Neither. I'm not a luxury guy. I wear the same pair of jeans pretty darn regularly. Um, I probably have the most minimalist clothing uh, schedule out of anyone that I know. On TV, I wear jeans. So anyway, what I'm trying to get at is, see, I don't even use, like, I don't even shop at Costco because I'm more frugal than that. I don't want to pay the $80, $90, $125 for a subscription. I'd rather borrow my neighbor's card. (laughs) I walk in, they're like, you don't look like a big, tall, uh, skinny, bald man. I'm like, blow off. Right? Anyway, it's kind of funny because I'm looking at my notes from the late 90s. Look at some of the stocks on this. Microsoft, Adobe, Intel, Applied Materials, and Qualcomm. Every one of them have been incredible investments except for Dell. And I don't know when it was on my list at what price versus what price they went up to versus what price they went back down to when they went private. I don't have all that information, but it's certainly out there as far as like some things, the more things change, the more they stay the same, right? So anyway, um, you got to start learning yourself and give yourself basic advice. Could you give yourself basic advice? What I just did, could you do it for your daughter or your son? Could you do it for yourself or your spouse? I just went over some very basic things. Avoid social pressures. Be frugal and have fun. Discipline savings. Do it on a regular basis. Uh, max out the 401k. If you leave a job, take it with you. So you can like roll it over. Call Fidelity. Call Vanguard. Say, hey, I just lost my job and I'm starting a new job and I need to roll over my 401k. And they'll be like, well, thank you, Mr. Black. 
let me have some simple information. What's your address? And they'll fill out all the forms for you. And they'll even let you digitally sign the forms now. Woohoo! I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. And auto savings, just have a bucket that you can fund your retirement, have a bucket that you can fund your rent, have look at your buckets in life and look at your, your strategies and your categories that you put things into. Have a budget. That's one I forgot to throw out there. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. And streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. Okay, everyone. I've got a new producer, number 12, recently. Let's see if we can't put him to a test to see if he could live up to number 11, who was awesome who now has management position. I want to talk a little bit about Luke Perry and Beverly Hills 90210. Clock is on. Let's see how long it takes him to pull up the theme music. Luke Perry hospitalized after suffering a massive stroke. Now, I don't know a lot about medicine. I really don't. I I, I throw it out there um, because he was once a very good-looking young man. How old do you think Luke Perry was when he suffered a massive stroke? Paramedics were called to the Riverdale Actors' home in Sherman Oaks, California to treat someone suffering from a stroke. This man soared to stardom in the 90s on Beverly Hills 90210. 52 years old. If that was your guess, doesn't that seem too young? Okay. A little bit of a truth. I never watched an episode of 90210. Secret time. I did once watch half of one with a girlfriend because I was trying to say, like, uh, I'm into you. Let's watch this piece of drivel. But anyway, there's Beverly Hills 90210 theme, Matt Perry, Luke Perry. I'm getting my my friends and my Beverly Hills friends mixed up. Um, anyway, long story short, he's in a medically induced coma because of his stroke. 52 years old. Now, why do I bring this up? Look at your age. He was skinny. I don't know his drinking or drugs or anything like that. I know nothing. I know women went crazy for Luke Perry. He was so good looking. And I, I think, you know, looking at pictures of him right now, he's still a pretty good looking guy. He's aged though. Um, and it's a good thing. I like watching people age and he's grace, aged gracefully. Wow. He was with Matt Napchik. She was a good looking woman in her age. We all aged, but 52 years old. And why do I bring this up? Because he may have, let's say he had five kids, and I'm being hypothetical here. I'm trying to put it in your life or I'm putting it in someone else's life. Let's say he had two kids, and he's probably been divorced a couple times. Like, I have, I've been divorced. Like, it's true. I got lucky because mine lasted less than a year. So there wasn't, like, alimony for lifetime going on. There's not even alimony when it's less than a year. It's kind of like, you want a couple dollars to find an apartment? There you go. It's kind of like that. Um, yeah. I even had a bit. Anyway, I'm, gonna, I'm 52 years old. Why do I bring that up? Because that his family could need his money, his income. He's never going to work again. We can't all be Dick Clark. Remember when Dick Clark had strokes and he's doing the rocking countdown, Dick Clark New Year's Eve? Yay! 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 I'm not making fun of people with strokes. I'm saying that's not appropriate for television. Anyway, um, I think we have a Dick Clark sound effect somewhere in there. But again, new producer. Let's see if we can find it. Um, I throw a lot of pop culture reference, but Luke Perry hospitalized. And again, I bring this up because you need disability insurance. If he had disability insurance, it would cover 60% of his income until like 60, 62, depending on what sort of policy he bought. So when you, you're, you're, you're age 20 to 60, the best thing you have, your ability to earn income. It's not your good looks because they're going to fade. It's your ability to earn income. Luke Perry, 52 years old. 
we can go into Prince, we can go into all sorts, Michael Jackson, where you start to go, well, there's some substance abuse going on there. But Luke Perry doesn't look like a substance abuse kind of guy. And again, I'm saying, uh, can you predict much with looking at people with substance abuse? I don't know. He's probably been in and out of rehab 30 times for all the facts, and I don't know. But here is Dick Clark and The Stroke. Thank you, my friend. Now, the moment we've all been waiting for. Rough to listen to. Coming right up. You're going to hear a roar of the crowd, and believe me, you will never, ever forget it. What an amazing entrepreneur, Dick Clark. On the down. Ready? Okay, here we go now. Okay, we've heard enough. It's tough to listen to. I'm being honest, and I know that's not politically correct, but 52 years old, for Dick Clark or whoever, Luke Perry, Matt Perry, Matt, Anyone? Anyone. You have that ability to earn income from 20 to 60. I know people who have been in car crashes and can no longer go to work. Um, I know people who were in radio who had kidney failure and, you know, spent more time in in renal treatment centers than they did on on radio, and they had to be let go. At some point in time, like, you can't function in the workplace, so you, you start collecting disability. So it's important that you have disability insurance. Everyone should check it. Most companies offer disability insurance. Most companies offer some sort of life insurance in case you die at the job. So um, let's say you're, you, you send off your spouse to work and they've been working for a big company for a few years and we'll hypothetically call it Visa or XYZ. A lot of times if your spouse dies, you can get a, like a, a little bit of life insurance from it. Not like a replacement of, of a big policy, but sometimes you can get a couple years salary. A lot of people don't know that. So when I bring up Luke Perry and how frightening it is to think about a stroke at 52, because I'm, I'm pretty close. I'm pretty close. As a guy who never watched Never 901207364321 Beverly Hills, uh, I throw that out there as a reminder to you. You got to have an emergency fund. You got to have a disability insurance. If you if your kids need your income, you got to have some term life insurance. Um, and you got to plan for this. He probably has a couple mortgages that, you know, someone's going to be saying, how am I going to pay this? Or do I have to draw into my savings? Or do I have to draw into my investments? Um, so learn what you can um, <clears throat> from the headlines. Every day there's headlines, and every day I see stuff, and it's a little discouraging, a little bit depressing. There's a flood going on or a, a wildfire going on. That teaches me to back up my digital my, my that back up my digital life. I've seen people's houses burned down, and every picture of their child's gone. Get your stuff digitized. Get your, your will online. Get your, your uh, trust online. Get your life insurance policies online. Get it to the point that if you have to run out of the house, you're not thinking twice. You're thinking about, <laughs> this is so funny. Let's go back to the first wife story. The way I caught her cheating on me was she had left her computer on, and I'm a, a known insomniac. And she had been sending an email to a guy in uh, France, Louis Vuitton, Moet Hennessy, a board of director guy. Oog, uh, Oog was his name. And Oog, and they're sending emails back and forth to each other. And one of them is like, if there was a fire, what three things would you grab? And he says, I'd grab, you know, a picture of you on my phone so I can call you and uh, blah, blah, blah. And then she responds back. I would grab my Edgar Allan Poe first edition book that I bought for her. She would grab her phone so she can call him. And she'd grab like something inane. So we go to dinner a couple nights later. And I'm like... Let's play a game. What three things would you grab <laughs> if there was a fire? And she just looked at me and she she cursed. I said, just do me a favor. If there's a fire, wake me up. You don't have to grab me and pull me out. Just wake me up, right? So things go unfortunate at times. And that's why I bring up Luke Perry. Things don't work out. Having your stuff digitally online, super important, backed up. When there's a fire, grab your spouse, grab your kids, grab your dog, right? You don't have to grab your Edgar Allan Poe book. 
It's nice, but you don't have to. Because at some point in time, your house is going to burn down. It is going to be knocked down by an earthquake. It is going to be roared up in a fire. Because that's life. And, you know, Luke Perry, 52. I wouldn't have taken those odds. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. One of the best things I ever did. It's, it's no joke. I mean, I'll look back at my life and I'll say, well, one of the best things I ever did. Was it saving a lot of money? No. Was it figuring out a great career? No. One of the best things I ever did was I had kids. I've got two boys and they're amazing. Cameron and Zach. And uh, they definitely give you some perspective that we all need because we're all going to get there. It gives you perspective on your life. Like I grew up playing soccer. At one point in time, I was I was unbelievable. You couldn't get a ball past me. Uh, I had the hands of God playing soccer. And when you see your son do that, it's the best thing in the world. So when you see your kids put on a goalie jersey, put on big soccer gloves, we didn't have big soccer gloves back then. That's how the equipment has changed, right? You didn't have big puffy Mickey Mouse gloves. And those are all the rage right now. Um, but... Seeing your kid play soccer is just, it's fun. It's reliving your own childhood. And it's a little bit of pressure on a kid, right? But soccer is also expensive. And I want to talk about teaching kids about money. They lose jackets. They lose sweatshirts. They leave goalie gloves, which are expensive. They outgrow their cleats in like one day. Of which they're not just getting regular cleats. They got to get messy cleats or Ronaldo cleats or something like that. Kids are expensive. To raise a kid from 0 to 17, somewhere north of $250,000, just for food, clothes, and books and stuff like that. You factor in shelter, like you need an extra room in a house kind of thing, versus you and your wife just shacking up in a one-bedroom condo. So kids are expensive, $250,000, $350,000. Now, keep in mind, if you make $100,000 a year, you're going to make $4 million in your working lifetime from age 20 to 60. And I just you just had a $250,000... I'm not going to say accident because I love them so much. It's a lot of money. Show me the money. It's in the kids' diapers. Holy mackerel. The day a kid grows out of diapers. But even they grow in other things. Goalie gloves, jackets. You know one of the things that you have to spend money on with kids? Hair gel. Hair gel is a thing because they have hair. And they want to look cool. Cameron's the coolest. And he's uh, very good at what he does. But if I were to give him advice, I would not do the Dave Ramsey BS. You should use a jar and put money in a jar for the kid. Country bumpkin. Ah! People call him Dave Ramsey's show and like, Dave, my husband got drunk the other night and stole my kid's money jar. I'm like, that's your money advice show? I know I'm not New York sophisticated eating caviar while giving you advice, darling. We're going to get along tonight and have the best time ever at the club. But a money jar? I think you do want to teach your kids that things cost money. And I do think you want to start telling them about it. And, you know, if, if it's a hamburger that's $15 and they only eat half of it, say you just left seven and a half dollars there. And if you, if you go, well, would you want that money for an Xbox game? Yeah, I want that money for an Xbox game. Well, that money doesn't grow on trees. So I'm not Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey. Oops. Did I say I country bumpkin radio financial person? They might be the same person. They might not. That's alleged. Um, you want to stop doing impulse buys with kids. So as a parent, you kind of have to start setting the stage before you can give them advice. I can't tell you how much plastic junk people buy for kids. It's the most discouraging thing in the world. Now, again, I'm not against Legos. That's good plastic junk, but you can also get the Legos used. You don't have to go out and buy a brand new Lego set for $110 Millennium Falcon, which is going to break in less than two weeks. So some of my joys in life with Cam and Zach is playing video games. 
spending some time with them, socializing with them, watch what they're doing, um, showing them some of your old favorite TV shows that aged well or didn't age well. I never liked Alf. I wasn't a guy. I was too old for Alf. But I recently saw Alf, and I was like, oh, I should show my kids that because it's pretty darn funny how bad TV was then. And yet it was still entertaining to kids. Like, we up our entertainment quotient every year teaching our kids about money. Um, And sometimes it's just bad advice. I think if you're going to teach your kids seriously about money, um, it's tough. A lot of people have, it's pretty similar of people who don't want to talk about sex, don't want to talk about money. Best thing about my job is people want to ask me about money and they don't necessarily have to tell anyone else. So I'm like, there's secret time, secret time. Um, Keep your advice brief when you do start talking to kids about it. But again, people who are successful don't flaunt their money to their kids. I think if you're driving a BMW in front of your kids, you're sending them a wrong message. I think if you're driving a Tesla in front of your kids, you're sending them the wrong message. I think you're saying life is all about these luxuries. Um, Again, earlier in life, fine. Have those luxuries and spoil yourself. Later in life, you have to kind of set a good example. But also keep your advice brief uh, because it it freaks people out and it can be overwhelming. Um, Share your experiences is the number one thing. I can tell my kids like, hey, my dad used to be in the army. And they'll go, did he ever kill anyone? And yeah, my dad killed people. (laughs) He was good at what he did. He ran people over in tanks. Not quite true, but kind of true. And, you know, he also went to uh, his job was to be in the military. And one of his jobs was intelligence. So his first tour of Vietnam, he would um, after a battle, he would go in and and count bullets, and count bodies. And that that turned my dad dark. Um, You can be the happiest young man in the world. Getting married and having kids puts a pressure on you. Uh, Going to the military and counting bodies. Is something you can't unsee, right? So you share your experiences. My dad worked his whole life. He never really got to retire and enjoy his kids. I don't want to do that. So I'll tell my kids, like, hey, the reason we're going on vacation, the reason we're, we're spending time together is because it's important to, like, yep, I'm going to lose you one day and you're going to move on. But let me teach you about, you know, did my dad pay for college? My dad had six kids. Can you imagine? They should, there should be a, he should have turned that off. But if he did, I want to be here because I was number five. Five straight boys and a little girl. Five straight boys. I have four older brothers. And one younger sister. Isn't that crazy? Uh, but we all went to college. And somehow, some way, some way, shapes form. Most of us got scholarships, whether athletic or academic. But some of us didn't. And some of us needed help um, covering costs. And my dad did it. It wasn't easy. And it, it's, it certainly wasn't appreciated. Because he wasn't easy. He made talking about money in college difficult. So try to take that pressure out of it with your kids. Keep your expectations in, in check. If you expect your adult child to follow your advice, you're going to be disappointed. Kids are kids, and they're going to lose sweaters and and sweatshirts, and they're going to play video games. And I'm okay with video games, because I think it's a 21st century thing versus a 20th century thing. The video games I played, I would hate for my kids to play. Like Pac-Man, that's just repetitive, 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 repetitive. But now it's all about being social and having friends in Canada and friends in L.A. And, like, uh, it's it's, it's a social experience. And there was a, a phone game... Uh, words with friends that hit just massive popularity because people learn that they're going to be able to play with their friends. So it was social. So keep your expectations in check. Your kids are not going to be you in anything in life. Be nice to your kids and give them, give them the benefit of the doubt. They're not going to be as good at reading as you. They're not going to be as good at math as you. So keep yourself in check. Don't go, don't get frustrated with them. That's the worst thing you do. Um, set rules, you know, with money. Um, nearly half of all young adults have received some kind of financial assistance from their parents. And, you know, I, I remember a dad recently said, you know, when my kids go to Disney, I make them save for six months. And it's literally small amounts of money, but it's, it's big to them. 
10 bucks a month kind of thing. But that's like a Fortnite character you don't get. You don't get the Ice King or you don't get the Fire God or you don't get the Hamburger Guy. Cameron will be okay without the Hamburger Guy. But he wants it. He's going to get impulsive. He's going to do it. So you have to set rules. You can say you could buy one character skin a month or you could buy one dance a year. Whatever it is, you have to have some sort of standards. And when you lend them money, they have to earn it back. You can't just give, 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 give. In my opinion, I think you want to talk about investing. And I think the best way you could do that is, is buy shares of Disney or buy shares of Electronic Arts or buy shares of some sort of video game, NVIDIA, and show them what, you know, the things that they care about is why you invest. I wish my parents made me buy Disney at 18 years old or 10 years old. I would have followed it every month. Every month, every year, you should sit down with your kids and say, these are some of the stocks I own, and these are the reason why I own them. Um, with Disney, you know, when you go to Disney and you spend, I make you save 40 bucks for four months, you know how much dad pays? $2,000 for a day, three days, $6,000 plus, but you save 40. Good for you. Good for you. Um, try to set a good example. Uh, I think that's super important. So most people fight about money. Most people fight about savings. Most people fight about retirement issues. They don't fight about being in love and going to Hawaii. They, they fight about the cost of it all. Um, the inheritance topic. I think that's one of the coolest things in the world. Um, I know a grandfather, past grandfather in the world, he used to put two candy bars in each hand and the kid would win no matter what. And then he, then he up to the game to two $5 bills and the kid would win no matter what. He says, don't tell your mom. I want you to be the greatest grandfather. But also like when they do pass, you could say my grandfather or my dad used to live here and he's, he's given me this land, this house, this creek. My dad worked really hard for all this. And like, you can, ex- you can talk about inheritance and how he did well. If you don't talk about this stuff, your kid's never going to learn it. But if you talk about it too sterile, they're never going to understand it. I would make a point of talking to your kids about money once a year. And I'm not one of those guys, you have to have a savings jar. A mason jar that's a savings jar. You don't have to have a piggy bank. Although one of my favorite things ever was in second grade, I went down to a, a smelter or whatever, or one of those ceramic shops, and I did make a piggy bank. And oddly enough, you mold the clay around a mason jar. Then you heat it up, and that's the body. And then you start figuring out everything else out that you're attaching to it. I don't remember the exact specifics. But I, I, had a, I had a piggy bank, and I love that thing. Anyway, um, kids are the best thing ever, um, and it's beautiful to watch them grow. But as parents, you do have some responsibilities to teach about money and don't get freaked out. Why it matters to teach this to your kids, because I think it's going to be tougher out there. I think capitalism is going to be tough. I think the world's going to be tough. And the best thing they can do is have information to make them smarter. I'm Rob Black. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. So sometimes you can hear my music beds go a little bit long as I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to exactly say. I'm a middle-aged Caucasian. I like the band Weezer. I don't like Marshmallow and Bastille. Wouldn't it be happier, happier? It's not my kind of shtick. But that's okay. That's okay. I like old I'm a Weezer. Marshmallow just did a concert inside of Fortnite and pulled in 10 million eyeballs. Why? Because it pulled in 10 million eyeballs. That's better than being on the Howard Stern show. That is promotion. Genius, right? In front of people who have money to spend. Now, Weezer is a band that I like a lot, and I just recently saw them, and it was the worst show possible because it was a corporate gig, and it was a lot of middle-aged white people. <laughs> With their hands in their pocket and their overbites and their, oh, is is this bar still open? But it is what it is, right? So Weezer's an American rock band. And guess what they just did? They created an island called Weezer World in Fortnite. Why? Because they want to promote their album. So they have their own Minecraft-style creative mode. The band's been teasing it since early February where the front man of the band, 
who happens to be like a rocket scientist, who happens to play video games, who happens to be a rock star, he's, he's, he's stoked about it. So you can go Google, Weezer, Fortnite, and you'll see their little world that they've created. And it's kind of like a Lego-style creative thing that's happening where you can kind of put things together. And they did a pretty nice job. I want my kids to grow up and uh, go to college and be scientists. And yeah, I, I think Weezer's actually helping them. I, I know you're saying that's crazy. It's not. You got to be patient with all this stuff. Kids learn in different ways now. So Weezer made an island in Fortnite to promote its new album. I find that fantastic. And I, I want to say well played. Well played indeed. Now, I bring this up because I do like music. Clearly. Long bed of music coming in. Dave Matthews was a friend of mine in college. Not a friend. No, no. Dave Matthews. A friend of mine was, was good friends with Dave Matthews. So I kind of knew him by association. But pretty well. And this was a song that always interested me. And I, I one time pulled him aside. I'm like, what is this song about? It says, could I have been a parking lot attendant? Could I have been a millionaire in Bel Air? Could I have been lost somewhere in Paris? Could I have been your little brother? And I was like, what's this song? Like, this is pretty obvious. I like this song because like, I, I see a lot of work hard. You'll succeed. I see a lot of... He turned down music deal after music deal after music deal, and then he finally got, he wanted, they wanted three albums, he said no, four, they, they said four, he said no, five, they said five, he said seven, got a seven record deal. It took three or four years of turning down big money to get bigger money. But he wrote the song while in Germany, he told me, and he, had a, he has a great way of telling stories, he's like, hey, so I was in Germany. He's kind of got a Bob Dylan thing going on, and yeah, man, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um... He said that he was in a taxi cab, and there was two prostitutes dancing outside the window. He asked the, the driver, you know, if the women were prostitutes, and the driver said, those aren't women. And I love that twist! The driver didn't even comment if they were prostitutes. I love that he was like, they're not women. So he wrote about it. And I, I think that's the funniest thing. And I later learned Nancy's slang word for a gay man. Who knew? Hence the name Dancing Nancy. So I've always liked the song for stupid reasons. I, I'm, I could have been a parking lot attendant. I ended up with a pretty great life and a pretty great world with a pretty good retirement account and a pretty good lifestyle. My 20s sucked. I worked my butt off. And I started to enjoy my 30s. But you kind of get the point of this. And, um... You know, a lot of people hate Dave Matthews, and I get it. I think he's stayed in a genre that's pretty uh, safe. Weezer, Dave Matthews, The Killers. You can totally see, like, Fits in the Tantrums is my newest, newer music. You can totally see where I'm going, the Strumbellas. So I highly encourage your kids to get into music if you want them to be successful. And let them play video games with some monitoring. Um, because this isn't the same world that we grew up in 20 or 40 years ago. So anyway, that's the Dancing Nancy story. <laughs> Those aren't men. Those aren't women. I just love that response. So and for the record, I, I think Weezer's selling out right now by doing a 80s throwback music covers. Toto was cute, but then when you start hearing every other song that they're doing is from the 80s, you're like, oh, I'm a hash pipe. I'm an island in the sun kind of guy. Um, and they, too, have a, a band that has lost people. So they've had um, uh, turnover. And I bring that up because... It, it shows you that the value of putting in your time and maybe staying through a project. Imagine Dragons lost two of their band members. They just quit. They gave up. They wanted to get married and settle down right before it becomes the biggest rock band in the world. Do they have regrets? I don't know. They could have been 
big rock and roll stars. But now they're settled down in Portland with family, and family's important too. So Dave Matthews had people come and go out of his band. He's had people die in his band. That's humbling, right? Anyway, um, I bring that up because, oh, the Dancing Nancys. I finally got to tell the Dancing Nancy story, and I, I did it in my own cute little way. I'm still not going to tell the Dave Matthews um, party story in a bathroom. I was in a bathroom. It got busted into. And that's all I'm allowed to say for now. One day the gag order will be off. There's no gag order for the record. Um, it's just... It's a story that I don't know if he wants shared. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220. If you have any requests, I'm taking requests this hour. I'll play your music. I'll spin the, the, the disc. Spin the disc. I'll, I'll hit the play button on the digital play. Can you imagine trying to explain to your kids all the old technology? Yes. This is what a cell phone looked like. The very first one. It's this shoebox that you put up to the side of your head. Anyhow, that's going to be fun one day. Um... Find me online at Rob Black Show. Um, there's a lot of really good investing in articles at newfocusfinancial.com, newfocusfinancial.com. You can download them for free. I highly recommend educating yourself and find a passion in life that it leads to a good career. I'm Rob Black. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.